Hey guys, welcome to the Not Too Popular Podcast, a podcast giving a platform to the most unpopular opinions in our society. Maddie and I met over our mutual love for water. Yes, you heard that correctly, water. And we quickly discovered our similarities and differences. Because we're often told that we're too feisty or overly opinionated, so we decided to flip the script and use our voices to create a platform for strong opinions and personalities. Our goal is to ignite hard and respectful conversations about anything and everything. On the Not Too Popular podcast, we talk about everything controversial, from food to politics. Join us as we get real and honest about touchy subjects, keeping an open mind and open heart to new ideas, opinions, and experiences. Before we dive deep into this episode, we want to quickly tell you a little bit about how all the magic happens. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, hands down. Let me explain. It's free. Need I say more? There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. No fancy expensive microphones or recording studios required. It's a great way to get your podcast started right away. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard instantly on popular podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. The best part? You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Are you guys there? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I didn't see you. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, I just popped in (laughs) silently. (laughs) Okay. Everyone, I want to welcome today's guest on the Not Too Popular podcast. She's an entrepreneur, former fitness coach, my BFF, and soon-to-be bride, ladies and gentlemen, Celia Cavalli. Oh, my gosh. Celia, welcome. Thank you so much for joining. So happy to have you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Hey, so on your YouTube channel, you have a video called my explant surgery, breast implant illness. When did you first get your implants and how long did you have them for? I had my implants done. Well, I think first I should say why I got them done. If you don't mind me kind of talking a little bit about that. Um, So back in those days, I was doing a ton of promotional modeling. I was working in the bar industry and it was kind of just a thing where, you know, that was like the next step. Like at the time I was working like three jobs. It was crazy. I was working at Mac Cosmetics. I worked at a nightclub in Minneapolis, which got shut down later. Um, We won't talk about that. But um, (laughs) I also worked for GNC and I did a lot of fitness stuff. And on top of that, I was doing promotional modeling for different companies around the area. I was with um, a couple agencies in the Minneapolis area. And um, it was just highly encouraged. Like, I think a lot of the girls back then were, you know, just so like, oh, you don't have them yet? Like, why, why don't you have them yet? And so 
for me, it was kind of like this rite of passage into expanding my career, which I don't regret it because I learned a lot, but I do regret the aftermath of what happened after I got them. But um, I got them done in 2012, I believe it was. And I had them for six years before I started having major issues. Okay. So did you get your, did you get them done in Minneapolis? I did. Um, I won't name the doctor I got them done by just for his own personal, like, I just don't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, (laughs) on the day of my surgery, he did outpatient. So I mean, not outpatient, but he did it at a hospital that was not his clinic. So it was inside of a hospital in, I think it was um, up north somewhere. I forget the suburban names up there, but um, it was in one of those places. And it was a huge hospital. I was going in for surgery and I was signing the paperwork and I noticed on the paperwork, it said saline implants. And girl, when you're spending an extra like $3,000 for that silicone, you're like, (laughs) uh, excuse me, like, what is this? And so I like confronted him about it. And he was like, Oh my gosh, like my assistant never told me that we switched and she never put it into. And I'm like, well, I paid an extra three grand for silicone. So damn it. I want my silicone. Right. So (laughs) he like goes on this wicked goose chase around the hospital trying to find implants that were the correct size. And I guess he found ones that were way smaller than I wanted, but he just put them in anyways. I think he was just kind of over it at that point. (laughs) So I got what I didn't want to begin with, but it actually turned out to be a benefit later. Like I'm such a huge believer in things always turn out how they should. Um, because the small size saved the integrity of my boobs when I got them taken out, like not to be like TMI, but I love my boobs without implants in them. And I don't think I would have, if I had a bigger implant, if that makes sense. Yeah. So did you just kind of get them as, as like a business decision and did you feel like peer pressured a little bit because of some other like coworkers and stuff that you were working with? Most definitely. Um, a hundred percent. And actually in the fitness industry, this is like, this is very near and dear to my heart because I, as you guys know, I, well, people who may have known me from social media or whatever, who are listening to this, I started getting back into training for a fitness competition. And when I was doing those, all the girls had them, like it was just a thing, you know? And now when I look at athletes, I always look for athletes who do not have them and who are still winning because I think it's so important to prove and to send that message that you don't need to have implants to be successful in any industry. And I think that at the time, you know, as soon as I got them done, I'm not going to lie, I made a lot more money and um, I got a lot more opportunities and the opportunities were better. They paid better. And so I think it's kind of this thing where, you know, it's not said to you like, hey, you need to have it done, but it is suggested throughout the industry. You know, when you're modeling, when you're doing any sort of thing, it's, it's one of those things where unless you're a fashion model who it's cool to be flat chested and six feet tall, (laughs) I am like five foot two. I'm a little shorty. And so for me, you know, there was no chance unless I put stilts in my legs that I would ever (laughs) do anything on a runway. And so for me, it was really a sex appeal thing, I think. And, you know, I kind of have that look where I was stereotyped like that in the industry anyways. And so it was very much like, oh, you don't have breast implants yet. Why? Like, it was just like one of those common sense things in the industry. Like, oh, when you get them, you're gonna start booking more events and doing more things. And so to me, it was just like the next step, you know, it was just like that kind of, like I said, it was kind of like a rite of passage. And, you know, I I didn't hate them, but I didn't love them. Like after getting them done, I was like, oh, I kind of feel like I made a mistake. Yeah. 
So did you notice like any red flags, like during any of your consultations with the doctors or like, I just, is there anything that kind of looking back now, you would be like, Oh, that was, that's like, this is just going to be a bad idea. Um, I won't say too much like what happened within the consult. Cause I honestly don't remember. Um, I remember it was very short. Like it was like, Oh, you want breast implants? Great. Like <laughs> we can, we can do that for you right here, right now. Just kidding. But they were like very much like very pushy about it. Um, didn't even tell me that I had the right to go see like other doctors for second, third opinions. It was just kind of like, let's get you scheduled. And so I felt kind of pressured into it. Um, by the doctor that I saw, it was the first doctor who I went to, who was actually very expensive. There was another doctor who did them for like $5,000 who everyone went to, but I just, he was like the first person who I went to and I was going to go around and get opinions, but it was kind of like, let's just get you scheduled. Like this is going to be the best decision of your life. And it was really hyped up and Mm. the hype just wasn't real. And actually after getting them done, um, I was getting ready to go to work that night. And I remember I was like doing my hair and all of a sudden I had this rash. It was very weird. It was very itchy, very red, and it broke out all over my arms. And I was like, this is the first time I've had a rash ever in my life. Like I'm, my skin's, I've gotten acne, but I've never had like a rash. Like my sister used to get rashes all the time. I was not that kid. I was like the acne girl, but like rashes, not my thing. (laughs) So I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I've never had an issue at all ever with like my arms. I've never had this. And that was the first sign of the lupus that I ended up getting later with the breast implants. So you talked a little bit about the symptoms, but what are some of the other symptoms you started experiencing? I know in some of your videos, you mentioned things like extreme fatigue, hair loss, dizziness. Talk about Um, your symptoms and when you first started noticing them. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this, now that I like look back on the timeline of it, um, and this is really interesting and I'm really glad we get to talk about this because maybe someone else is going through this, but after getting my implants done and I had the rashes and all of that, I was experiencing some dizziness and some panic attack symptoms, but it was, I, I figured, Hey, you know, I went off my birth control. I'll just go back on it. And I actually had a doctor's appointment yesterday and we were talking about the birth control and how it suppressed all my symptoms for so long. Mm -hmm. So the interesting thing was, is that I probably had severe damage going on all those years that I just wasn't super aware of because I had the, the hormones that were suppressing all the symptoms. And so the first time I experienced a panic attack actually was in Las Vegas. I'd moved there in 2012 or 13, I believe. And I was at Target and I was like walking through Target and all of a sudden I was just hit with like a whoosh feeling. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it's like this, like you're getting the wind knocked out of you and the lights seem too bright. And then the hall or not the halls, but the, the, um, the, the walls felt like they were like caving in on me. And I literally had a shopping cart full of stuff that was non-perishable thank you target, but it was (laughs) non-perishable. It was like random stuff, you know, like nail polish and like just random stuff. Anyway. So I was walking through target and I just like left. I like dipped. I just dropped the, um, cart where it was and I just walked right out. And I was like, what the hell was that? I've never experienced that in my entire life. And, um, went back on birth control. I was on Depo Provera, um, went back on Depo once I found my doctor in Las Vegas, which was shortly after that. 
and didn't have any symptoms. I'd have like weird stuff like bloating, like stomach bloating where I would just get super bloated. I did have a lot of moon face, um, which is where your face just gets really puffy and swollen. And I was just thought, oh, I have a double chin. Like I just, I, I was and Mel knows cause she like knew me back when I had my implants. I was like, a little bit thicker, but I was still thin, which was weird. Like my face was always like kind of thick, but my like body was always a little bit more thin, but I did carry weight around my midsection and my Mm -hmm. chin area. And, um, finding out now that that is really a sign of like, you know, water retention, inflammation. I was just highly inflamed and I didn't really experience fully what was going on until I went off of birth control in 2017 And by 2018, it was like full blown panic attacks every day, dizziness every day, like vertigo, where it was so bad that the walls felt like they were just like spinning. Like I felt like I was on LSD and I've never done drugs. Like I tried an edible in Vegas one time. It was legal. I bought it from one of those legal shops and it was weird as hell. Like I'll just say that. (laughs) But um, like I've never done drug drugs. And so this to me was like being on drugs 24 seven without wanting to be and it was horrifying. And my fiance would just laugh at me and be like, people pay for that. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm about to pay to not be feeling like this because it's awful. And so I ended up doing the explant in 2019. And that was really when people started looking at my YouTube and like, oh, what is this all about? Because I was talking about, you know, why I'm getting my boobs taken out um, and then talking about the recovery as well. Yeah, that's like really... I didn't know because I didn't know that this was all happening. Um, so did, were you experiencing these symptoms when I came to visit you in Vegas? I'm not even no. sure, like Mm-mm. none. Okay. None. Like I, I felt completely fine. I will say I had like extreme irritability and I don't know if Mel remembers that, but like, <laughs> I would just, well. <laughs> I would just get snappy. Like I was very like, I used to call it just being stubborn, but I was just really like, I don't know. Like I just was a different person. Like when I got my implants taken out, a lot of my close friends and family started noticing how different I was. They were like, you're just more understanding, more mellow. Like you're not so like uptight about things. Like I I was just like a kinder person when I got them out. Like when I had them in, I think it was just all that like, you know, inflammation building up in my Mm -hmm. body. I think it was like, kind of like when you shake a diet Coke, it's like, it's about to explode. But like, you know, and then you drop a Skittle in there and it's like, or whatever it is that people drop in those things. And it just like literally combusts. That was like me every single day. And really the tipping point was really going off birth control. It was just like, that's when everything just kind of hit the fan, you know? So the birth control, was that kind of how you noticed that something was wrong or you were on the birth control? So when I got off of birth control, I noticed that I felt really crazy um, when I was off birth control. Like I tried going off of it multiple times to no avail. Like I kept going back on, kept going back on because every time I went off, I felt like my hormones were just so messed up. And um, I talked to doctors and they're like, oh, it's safe to be on depot for 20 years. You know, people do it all the time. And I'm like, really? Like, (laughs) really? Um, but you know, I, I didn't want to feel that way. And then finally I'm like, you know, in 2017, I'm like, this is it. I'm going off of this. Like I'm, I've been on this for so many years. I don't think it's healthy. I had a girlfriend of mine who was like, silly, are you kidding me? Like you've been on it for so long. Like you need to get off that shit. And she told me to my face, she was like, don't be stupid. Like this is going to ruin your body. 
And so I went off of it and I made this commitment like, hey, no matter what, you're not going to go back on it. You're going to deal with whatever's coming up. And, you know, it's been a challenge. It's been three years, almost three years of extreme pain and anxiety and all these crazy symptoms. But I will say it's getting better and better. Um, but one thing that was really weird was the eye floaters. I don't know if you've ever experienced eye floaters. No, what's that? Oh my God. So it's like having worms in your eyes. Like you see these black things that are flying around your eyes. Like you can't look into the sky and you can't be surrounded by light because all you see is these like floaty things going through your eye. And it's so scary. And there was a point where mine were so bad that I was experiencing like extreme vision loss, like where it was just like, all I could see was these floaty things. And so I didn't even want to keep my eyes open because it was horrifying. Like, I was like, is this worms? Like I was on Google, you know, like trying to pub MD and like, (laughs) you know, I was just scaring the crap out of myself, but you know, it is horrifying when you're going through that. And I got into a breast implant illness group with over 40,000 women. I'm sure it's grown since then. It was kind of like this whole grassroots thing. When I first heard about this, it was like, not many people knew about it. And, um, I got into this group, I think Crystal Hefner had just gotten hers out. And, um, so it started to gain some traction, like some celebrities were talking about it. It was starting to gain traction and, um, they were talking about the eye floaters and I'm like, hell no, what the hell? Like, do you guys have this too? Like, I'm not just this like weirdo. And, you know, I think that's why I'm so passionate about talking about my issues publicly. Like a lot of people will say I overshare on social media, But I'm like, that could save someone's life. Because at the time, I thought that I was going clinically psychotic. And I was like, I'm just going to kill myself. Like, I was so unbearable that I'm like, I can't live like this. Like, I'm going to have to think of some way to get rid of myself because I can't deal with this. And it was almost like this reassurance when you know that other people are going through it too. And it's not you. It's like something that you can work on and get through. It just helps so much. And that vulnerability was something that I promised I would talk you know, something I would use at that point going forward to help other people. Because I remember how reassuring it felt when I heard that other women were going through what I was. It was like this blanket of comfort. And I just kind of stuck with that, you know, that feeling. And that's really what got me through the entire experience. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine like, it just would be so scary to have all these symptoms and have no clue what it was. But because you had some friends who were telling you that it might be from the breast implants, right? (laughs) So there was actually this girl I worked with at the time and she was like, Hey, do you think it's your, like, okay. So I posted a photo of me in a sports bra and obviously you can tell, like I had implants, you know, they're very round and you know, they're implanty. And so like, she was like, (laughs) (laughs) they're very implanty. And so she was like, hey, you know, I know you have breast implants. They're probably what's making you sick because she knew that I was sick at that point. Like the people who were close to me knew what I was going through. It was very like traumatizing. And she's like, I think it's your breast implants. And I'm like, really? And I was like, I don't know. Like I'm having weird symptoms. Like I had rib pain, like really sharp rib pain, which was very odd, but it was like the lower ribs. Um, And then I also had like really bad periods, like to the point where it was like, bleeding out like I felt like it was just like doom and gloom for like a week and a half where it was like literally Tampax come sponsor me like that's how bad it was (laughs) I was like literally going through like packs of like pads and it was bad that I was wearing super tampon and super pads and I still was having breakthrough bleeding and I'd have to wake up in the middle of the night and so 
um, I started looking up YouTubes and there was a couple stories of girls who were having breast implant illness, but their symptoms were so like they had capsular contracture or whatever it's called, where it's like it, like the boobs deform themselves from like the implant. Mm. I didn't have any of that. Like my boobs looked perfect with the implants. in, so I didn't think anything was wrong because I'm like, well, you know, they're, they don't look weird. There's nothing that's really like going on. But then there was some stuff that really started tipping me off was I had a very strong chemical smell coming from my armpits and my urine. And, um, Mm. it almost smelled sweet. Like my urine smelled kind of like candy. I know this sounds really weird, but like it was a very strong, sweet aroma mixed with bleach. And it kind of was like, what the hell is this? And even Mark was like, that's very weird. Um, And no one really had any answers. And so I'm like, well, maybe I will join the breast implant illness community and just see what is going on in here. And almost all the women were having the same exact symptoms I was, you know, the smell of uh, bleach coming out of their armpits and you know, just very high chemical scent coming out of like their mouth. Like I, every morning I'd wake up to the taste of like iron. Like it tasted like I had blood in my mouth for like the entire night. And it was like this like weird metallic taste. And, you know, Mark was like, maybe you're just biting yourself in your sleep. So I was wearing mouth guards every night and I still had the taste and it was a really weird thing. But I realized that that's just the chemicals trying to like get out of the body, I guess, or something. Because once I got the implants out, that was completely gone. Yeah. Cause you also said that you were experiencing like fever and chills and which is, I mean, I've had that where, you know, if your body's trying to fight off something that it thinks is like, you know, toxic in your body, you're going to have the fever and chills. So there was a lot of, you know, signs and symptoms, but of course, like if your boobs look fine, how would you really, there's nothing on the surface that's telling you it's like all internal. Yeah. So how would you really know? Well, there was, there was a girl, um, her name's time, Ty the infamous, I think she's on YouTube. And at the time that that was going on, I was experiencing like complete, um, like legs going out and seizure effects. And so this, that was when it started getting really scary and she was having similar, you know, loss of control, like dropping things all the time, the tremors, And, um, she was having that too. And she actually recorded a video where she was actually going through one of the episodes and I'm like, wow, that looks like me. Like, it was like this whole moment where I just realized I'm like, okay, she's getting her implants out and she got hers out right before I did. I believe, I think she did, or maybe she did it after I'm not sure. But, um, I just remember seeing her videos leading up to her getting them out. And I remember thinking, okay, like this is a real thing. Like these women are suffering from chemical exposure because you know the implants sit on top of your organs they sit on top of your heart they're in your chest and so they're they're melting in your body you know I remember going to my surgeon and she had an implant on the table I have a picture with it and she had an implant on the table and it was literally sweating beads of silicone and I'm like can you imagine that being in your body for our bodies are amazing like the fact that my body dealt with sweaty implants for six years and is still alive like I'm like how did I not just drop dead in a shopping mall somewhere you know what I mean like how was I not and trust me I felt that way so many times where I was walking I was at the airport once and I was like I am gonna have a full-blown panic attack like it was awful um you know I was walking and I felt like my legs were going out my vision was starting to fade I, I felt like I was going in and out of like consciousness and it was scary um but you know like our bodies are so incredible. The fact that they can keep us alive despite 
the stupid stuff we do. And um, it was at that moment that I realized, you know, these have been sweating inside my body for six years. And so I started actually Googling liquid silicone toxicity. And when I started to Google that, I started realizing all this stuff was coming up where it's illegal to inject liquid silicone into a person um, because it will kill them. And I was like, wait a second, then what's an implant made of silicone, right? So I looked that up and it's liquid silicone inside of a capsule. It says that the only reason why it's legal is because there's a capsule covering the liquid silicone. And I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. Like the fact (laughs) that liquid silicone, free flowing liquid silicone is illegal to inject inside of a human body, but it's legal if there's something that's kind of containing it, but not really like that's legal, but the other one's illegal. So it's a slow death with a silicone implant and I'm like that is so messed up that that's even legal you know like it just really boggled my brain and I did the research on the ingredients in there I actually contacted Allergan which is the company that manufactured mine and they sent over a complete you know everything about the implants they were really good about it I'm going to give them that but they sent over all the like studies on it and it said that a lot of women go through brain damage and trauma and stuff like that and suicide and because of implants so there is a side effect part that they never tell you about that's actually in the insert that talks about the brain damage and side effects and systemic lupus and other things that can happen when you have implants but of course they tell you you know they're they're 100 safe and they've been tested on the market oh wow so are, are they the silicone is that still legal because i thought wasn't there like a thing where that they took that away or like, it's not legal anymore because of all this. So that's a really great question because I think a lot of people who aren't like in, in the community, like would look at that and be like, Oh, they took them off the market. They only took off the textured silicone implants. So they only took off one type of implant because it was causing cancer. And so that being said, like the smooth implants, like what I had was not textured. It was smooth those are still on the market and those are still being sold every single day. Okay. Wait, so what, what are the, the implants that like, if you're going to, you know, if you really want to get this done, cause it's silicone. And then you said saline or like this. So there's like different types of silicone. You can get gummy bear silicone, regular silicone. Like there's just, it's kind of like a buffet of silicone. And then there's like, you know, the saline is um, salt water and, those are sold as the most safe, safe option on the market because it is salt water. And they say that if they rupture, it just goes into your body. But what they don't tell you is that that is sitting in your body at a high temperature for however many years and that it can harbor black mold, which is very toxic to the human mm. body. Um, so there's a lot of cases yeah. of like implants having a lot of mold in them. Um, lots of things that can go wrong with a saline implant. And so... Like, no implant is safe, especially because the saline implants have a silicone shell. Right. So, would it be, I mean, I guess, like, out of the two, though, would it be safer, you know, usually using that word safer to get the saline, though, as opposed to the silicone? You know, it's really hard to say. Like, I mean, honestly, I don't know. But I think that, honestly, like, from talking to all the women I've talked to... I think a lot of women thought that the saline was safer. And so they went with that route and they were sicker than I was. And so um, it just kind of depends on the person's body. Like if, if you're more 
you know, if I had gotten sailing, maybe I wouldn't have gotten as sick, but maybe I would have, you know, it's just hard to say because with the mold aspect, you know, the silicone doesn't really harbor mold the same way that saline does. And so it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't, like each one has its problems. But I mean, if you're looking at it from a, which is safer, if I were to go back in time, I think I probably would have gotten the saline um, just because I did have silicone stuck to my rib cage. So they had, I, I was in a nine hour procedure where I was under for nine hours, wow. which is a very long time to be under anesthesia. Um, and I was under yeah. for nine hours and they were scraping my ribs and they were scraping. Yeah. They had to flip <sighs> up my entire chest, like cut me open, flip up everything, wash me out with a sterilizer and then work on scraping my ribs free of silicone. And it really really hurt like I woke up with bruised ribs like it was no joke but I'm glad that we got out you know as much as we could but I probably still have silicone in my body you know so it's hard to say um which is safer but I think if I were to go back in time I may have chosen to go with sil- or saline over the silicone yeah so through your social platform and like you know through YouTube and Instagram and all of that have you had a lot of people reaching out to you for advice or like, oh my God, like that's happening to me and just kind of noticing the similarities? Yeah, a ton of women. I've had so many women reach out and I've become friends with a lot of them, um, which is really cool. And I've seen them heal and then there's some who don't heal. And um, I think that was kind of the, the crowd that was really attracted to me because my story was very difficult. Like, um, I, you know, I had implant illness, but I also had celiac disease and I, I had like all these layered, like crazy things going on. And so for me, it was like, my body didn't heal as soon as I got them out. And it was so discouraging because all these women were getting the procedure done where they had their implants taken out and they were hundred percent better. And here I was like, they were hopping off the table, like bright eyed, bushy tailed, and I'm like barely (laughs) scraping by and I remember you know after getting my procedure done we were wheelchairing me to the car and I'm like I want cheese it's like (laughs) I was just like so out of it and my poor fiance was like taking care of me I was just a mess and like I think I peed on myself like it was just bad but anyways like we were on the way home I was eating my cheese and just like puked all over myself like and so like he really he was the MVP you know he's really been there and he's been such a great help but like um it was layers of healing you know after that I realized Mm -hmm. I'm not you know I'm not getting better there I I got better in certain circumstances like there I didn't have any of the tremors anymore I wasn't having a lot of the weird symptoms I had like the smell the chemical smell was gone after about a month um after getting them out and there's a lot of things like my hair started growing back in. My inflammation went down a lot. I still had eye floaters until about June of this year. So um, they did go away oh, for wow. a while. I was doing an all fruit diet, which is very weird. Like people don't quite understand it. So I'll just say it. there was a guy I found on YouTube. His name is Dr. Robert Morse. Um, and he's very extreme, very eccentric, like very interesting dude. But um, a lot of what he said made sense. And so I followed his protocol for about nine months. And I will say I healed a ton on his protocol. Like I was symptom free for a long time from doing his protocol. But the problem was the holidays came up and I was working full time and I started eating all the holiday food that clients were bringing in. And um, I kind of started to backslide and then I got really sick. And that was like, you know, I think my body was doing so good. And it's like, yeah, girl, like you got this, like my inner, my inner, um, 
body, like whatever you want to call it, was like, yeah, 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 like, yeah we're doing good. <laughs> like we can keep going like this. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, let me show you. And like it was just like this whole thing where <laughs> it was just like it completely tanked my system and um it was bad like I there's no sugarcoating it like people were like oh you were doing so good and then all of a sudden they were seeing me like going through deep like struggles and dilemmas and I think it was really disheartening to a lot of the people who followed me because they saw how much I healed and then all of a sudden it was like what the hell happened to Celia like she just like went off the rails and off the deep end and I was really really sick again and I think it was really confusing for a lot of people um but you know, I just, I, I always try and be honest on social media and I'm like, Hey, this is, this is reality. It's not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies. I don't know everything. I'm the first person to say that. Um, I learned from everyone in my life, but I learned from people who know a lot more than me. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when I was going through that, it was just a very humbling experience, but it was also a really good experience because people got to see like, Hey, you know, life isn't perfect. And just cause you healed up a lot, you can still get sick again. If you do things that are, you know, not, conducive to your healing and so it was it really propelled me back into the fitness industry though I will say that like it really started my love again for mindset and for fitness and really overcoming things that you know that are hard so looking back on all of this and everything that you went through would you say that plastic surgery was a huge mistake or do you wish you would have done more research on finding a better doctor um You know, this is like the the really big question that I get asked a lot. And I don't think I would have gotten breast implants. Like knowing what I know now, I wish that I did a little bit more research and I wish I took my time. I was very impatient back then. Mm -hmm. And I also just did things to please other people um, that I don't think I needed to do. And so if I were to go back in time, I think I would have taken my time with making decisions and been like, no fucker, this is my money. Like I'm paying (laughs) you. You're not, you know, you're not right. Besides everything's best for me. Like, you know, and so I think I just let people kind of walk all over me back then. And I think that's how I got myself into that pickle. And so now I ask a lot of questions. Like if I'm going to go get something done, like who, who's to say, I don't want to ever say I would never do something because who's to say I won't get lip injections or Botox or, you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. want to put that out there because it's just not true. Cause like, I may go do one of those things and I don't want to be sitting in the Botox office and someone's like, Hey, weren't you on that podcast? Like a while ago, <laughs> talking about how like demonizing plastic <laughs> surgery and now here you are, like, what are you doing? And so I think that anything right. you do, um, do the research, talk to your doctor. If your doctor pressures you to do anything, it's not a good doctor. Um, and if the doctor is very transparent and like, Hey, this is the labels inside the box. Every single, um, medical thing has a label to it. So you can read, you know, what are the potential side effects? Um, but also knowing everybody's different and, you know, I don't blame plastic surgery for all my dilemmas. Like a lot of the girls do, um, they're like, you know, implants ruined my life. And like, to a certain extent, they, they caused yeah. a lot of pain, but I also probably had pre-existing conditions mm-hmm. from not eating the way my body wanted me to eat. And, you know, so there's, a, there's a lot that factors into it. So I, I never would like demonize anything, but I would say that, you know, I probably wouldn't have gotten implants knowing what I know now. I probably would have asked for a different solution. Um, 
I would have maybe tried doing like breast enlargement pills. I know that sounds really weird, but there's herbal pills out there. Um, one of the companies actually tried to sponsor me. I said, I'll try them out, but I, I still have been kind of scared to try them, to be honest, just because I'm not 100% with my health yet. Um, but like, you know, there's, and I, my boobs are pretty big. I'm not going to lie. Like, I have pretty, pretty big boobs. You guys can see, like, from the picture, but like, you know, I don't really need huge tits. It's not my life goal anymore. And so, um, Mel you know, and I can use a little bit of that look. <laughs> um, you know, I think, like, honestly, I think more of that flat chestedness is kind of coming back in style anyways. Like, um, I just, I think people are looking at reality as like a cool thing now, you know, like, Oh, celebrating how you were born versus trying to change it. And like all the, I think the nose job industry, the plastic surgery industry just kind of got so artificial looking that people are kind of like, eh, that's not really like the epitome of like beauty anymore. It's kind of like, just be yourself enhance it with a little bit of mascara and some brow gel because you know that we all have crazy brows sometimes <laughs> and like go on your go on your way and so I think like you know looking back at it I would have asked myself why am I doing this and if it was to please other people and not myself or if it was because I had some insecurity I think I would have worked on that first prior to getting them done Totally. So Celia, I want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And as always, for keeping it real with us. How can everyone find you? So I'm on YouTube. I don't remember my YouTube name. But if you you type in Celia Cavalli, um, you'll be able to find me. I do have two accounts. So the one that you're going to want to find is the one that actually has followers, not the one that's for like random business stuff. Um, So there's one that it actually looks like in a real account. So go to that one. Um, and then I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook because Facebook to me is just a shit show these days. Um, so my, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I actually told Mel to celebrate yeah. <laughs> going off Facebook. I'm like, listen, it's the best feeling. You'll like pop a bottle of bubbly and celebrate because you're going to be dealing with a lot less chaos <laughs> and bullshit in your life. And so I'm a huge advocate of Instagram. I love it. They just started doing the reels, which are awesome. It's kind of like a new TikTok feature. But anyways, I'll save you guys the details on that. You already know what I'm talking about. You're probably going to listen to this like back. You're like, wait, reels <laughs> are such an old thing. But anyways, um, my name is at Lit and Faith. I've changed my name a couple of times. It may stay the same. It may not. But I'm sure you'll be able to find me somehow. Um, but yeah, it's Lit and Faith. And then I'm on YouTube and that's it. And so I don't do Snapchat. I don't do anything else. But you can find me at those two places. I try to provide really great content that, you know, tickles your fancy. And so <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Um, lots of fitness <laughs> stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah, she's great. We'll put the links down in the description. And again, thank oh you gosh. so much, Celia. Thank you so much for having for me. I really enjoyed us. it. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks guys for tuning in to this week's episode of the Not Too Popular podcast. If you have a not too popular opinion on this episode or an episode topic, slide into our DMs on Instagram or Twitter and be sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast for new episodes every Thursday.